Today is January 6th, 2022, and this is episode number one of Hard to Kill. Welcome to episode one of Hard to Kill, a podcast by myself, Dr. Jeff Allgaier, and my lovely wife, Katie Allgaier. Hello. Um, so here is our overview, I guess, of what our purpose with this podcast is. Our plan is um, every week, I think, to uh, discuss some health current events that are popping up. So whether it has to do with coronavirus or different studies that come out that talk about, you know, nutrition, movement, whatever. Um, but it's all centered around the concept of salutogenesis. Which is what? I was asking you. <laughs> so the concept of salutogenesis in healthcare, this is where it ties into the title of the podcast, Hard to Kill. Uh, salutogenesis is a type of healthcare that focuses on promoting optimal health and function in an individual to allow them, and this is getting really nerdy, but to allow them to best uh, adapt to whatever environment they're in. Um, this is a, a very radically different approach, I would say. It's a very intuitive approach. I think most people understand this concept of health. It's just not how healthcare is practiced in this country. So in today's world, we really have a therapeutic or an allopathic healthcare model, which really waits until um, there's a massive problem, um, and then we deal with the symptoms, or you know, the basically try and pick up the pieces of someone uh, rather than being proactive with our health, focus on on building health and avoiding all of those things. So I guess the first question I have for you, and maybe you can talk about this a little bit, and th this model only really works if it's true that, um, is it possible for us to be healthy? Is it possible to avoid disease? Is it possible to avoid cancer, heart disease, etc.? Yes. Why? Because we are created in health. So our natural inclination or our, what we were born with at the very beginning was to be healthy. And as long as our bodies are given everything that requires for health and to function properly, um, we can function properly. And as long as we're not toxic as well. Okay, so there's a lot to unpack there. Let's talk about, let's talk about even how we define health. Cause I think a lot of people, yes. um, we talk about this in our office all the time with our patients. We have to reframe what the definition of health is. So, so most people, if we were to walk down the street and ask most people what their view of health is, the answer is going to be, I'm healthy if I feel good. Right, if I feel good. So no symptoms, if I feel good, if I look good, I hear that a lot, if I'm in shape. Or uh, the other one I hear often is that I'm healthy if I eat good, or I'm healthy if I exercise. So I'm healthy if I engage in the behaviors that we associate with good health, which mm -hmm. obviously are important. The reality is though, is that we all know people who feel good, get diagnosed with cancer. We all know people who look like they're in shape, have heart attacks. Mm -hmm. um, 
the reality is, is that by the time that most of us become physically aware that we have some sort of disease in our body, we've the house is already burned down. I mean, there's already literally so much chemical, physical, cellular change, degeneration happening inside the body. Um, you know, it didn't just happen overnight. We have this concept, this is a fun one to get into, of can you be healthy and get cancer? That answer is no, believe it or not. Okay, which is true. Uh, but again, this is hard for, I think, a lot of people to process mentally because there's a lot of people that we know that we would associate with good health that get diagnosed with cancer and it seemingly came out of nowhere. But I think this just goes back to our, we just have to really probably change the definition of health that we have. So our argument and the, and the argument of a salutogenic, uh, hard to kill uh, definition of health would be optimal function in the body. So that means that all the different cells, tissues, organ systems in your body are functioning functioning optimally uh, to allow you to again adapt as best as possible to your environment and so function versus feeling would be the way that we would uh, argue that we need to start looking at health and if we really want to be optimal health we can't just cross that line of going oh as soon as I feel good I must be healthy we have to even push that boundary further to my body is cellularly functioning at an optimum level. 100%. So take that cancer individual who feels great. We know that most adult cancers takes 8 to 10 years to develop before it's detectable. Um, meanwhile, by the time we actually feel cancer, it's often late stages or it has been developing for years and years and years. So right. that's our prime example of you may feel good and actually not be healthy. On the flip side, and I'm speaking from experience right now, so this is really apropos to start this podcast today because I am um, recovering from something that was trying to kill me, a virus of some sort. And so on the flip side Probably of the, the C word, on the flip side is if I'm experiencing symptoms and feel miserable, am I actually diseased and unhealthy? Or is my body actually doing everything it's supposed to be doing? Is it functioning properly given the fact that I'm toxic with something, whether it be a virus or something else? Yeah, so this is probably will be at some future point a whole different topic, but we can talk about this, I think, quickly because there's a lot to unpack here. So yes. symptoms, if we use symptoms as the indication of health or sickness, what Dr. K is referring to, obviously, is that most of these symptoms that you feel, for instance, when you get sick, like COVID, so whether it's, you know, the runny nose, the cough, um, or any other flu or whatever it is, a fever, mm -hmm. these are all, this is not the virus making you sick. This is not, the, the virus didn't do that. This is not, um, you know, a sign that the body isn't working correctly. Those are all defense mechanisms of a healthy body trying to recover and restore itself back to health. And that is the, the tricky thing if we look at at symptoms uh, as good, bad, present, absent, and that means health or, or not health, it's just wrong because there are bad symptoms. I mean, there are symptoms that your body, signs that your body is really struggling, but if we include every symptom into that category and we end up, like we do really today, so if you typically bring your kids into a, a pediatrician and they've got, you know, ear infections, um, 
and we give them antibiotics and we you know, give them painkillers to stop the symptom or to bring the fever down, really what we're doing is, especially in the case of a fever, is just handcuffing what the body is trying to do to attempt to restore health and actually fight the infection on its own. And that, that I do think is like even things like high blood pressure. I get into conversations with patients on this a lot. Well, high blood pressure is not a problem per se. So if you go run a 100-meter sprint, and we measure your blood pressure at the end of that sprint, it certainly is gonna be higher than a resting blood pressure of 120 over 80. And hopefully, there is no doctor on the planet that would sit down and say, oh my goodness, that's a problem. Uh, you have high blood pressure, we better get you on a medication. And the reason we don't do that is because we understand the stressor that led to that symptom in the first place. We understand that physical exertion is a form of stress that will cause the bodies blood pressure to rise to allow more oxygen uh, and CO2 exchange in the body to get more glucose to the muscles of your body to start to recycle the metabolites that are produced by physical activity. And so we understand that that would be the body working correctly. What would be a problem is if you ran a 100 meter sprint and your blood pressure didn't go up. Let's say you couldn't adapt to that stress. So you would, let's say you were you tried to run and your blood pressure maintained at 120 over 80 and didn't adapt, it didn't change, that is a huge problem, mm -hmm. right? Another example maybe you can talk about would be when you're cold, shivering or warm, sweating, right? Like those would be abnormal symptoms, quote unquote, just out of nowhere. But when something like that happens, when you are cold or warm, we understand that it's normal. Right. Is your body trying to adapt to something or is it malfunctioning? Um, and I think the, the problem we get into is when we focus on symptoms so much is that I, I'm telling you uh, <laughs> that after 15 years in chiropractic practice and having to deal with health and the medical system and a lot of things is that people are very generally not smart enough to understand what symptom is the body adapting correctly and what symptom is the body what, when is it a sign that the body is struggling to adapt mm -hmm. correctly? Because that, that legitimately a broken bone, for instance, and the pain that you feel would be a symptom of an inability to adapt to a physical stress. And so there are times that we need to intervene and maybe deal with symptoms. Um, but largely when it comes to especially our diseases of lifestyle, our chronic diseases, our blood pressures and our cholesterols and our depressions and, you know, the metabolic issues, insulin, blood sugar levels. I mean, we're really trying to just stupidly really, uh, you know, mask the symptoms. So if we, I always use the analogy of if, if, so taking a high blood pressure medication, for instance, without dealing with any other root causes, and I'm not, this is not an advocate for or against taking blood pressure medications ever, that we can talk about that deeper on a different day. But the reality is, is that not dealing with, or not trying to dig into the reason why the body is producing high blood pressure as a response to stress, whether we understand that stress or not, and just masking that with a medication makes us feel better sometimes because our blood pressure falls in that narrow range. But that is very simply like painting over rust on a car. It looks better temporarily, but obviously in the end, mm -hmm. rust is going to come through again. You have not solved the crisis or the stress that that individual was going through and... Um, you know, we're, we're not changed course. And so the body is still s struggling in a, as you mentioned earlier, a toxic environment. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I think that that's important too. So let's talk about that a little bit. That there, are, when it comes to when it comes to health. So the definition that we threw out was uh, that this is a um, it's how well the body functions. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is, is that you can't put the body in an insanely stressful situation and assume that it's just going to function normally because we are quote unquote built for health. So we do have every genetic uh, tool mm-hmm. um, to adapt to our environment. The problem is, is we've also changed our environment so drastically. Exactly. Um, and so talk about that a little bit. Which is why we have to look at our environment and just realize how now toxic it is. So to actually function at 100% what we're designed to, it now takes a lot of work because there's a lot trying to kill us out here, whether it's um, the air we breathe, the quality of air, the quality of the water, the um, now we're dealing with EMFs. And I mean, I like electromagnetic fields, like the whole 5G rollout, um, getting faster internet. Um, There are consequences to that I'm learning as as we go so um, there's a lot in our environment we have to address and make and build defenses for so to actually achieve 100% health um, now requires a little bit extra work to combat these environmental forces against us and we want to over these podcasts we're going to dive in um, to those more um our i think our biggest objective with these episodes is number one to mold and change your perspective when it comes to your view of health and where health and sickness come from and to give you the tools to then shore up your health and be harder to kill is that about right yeah totally yep so uh as we look to and as my wife talks about, you know, toxins, environmental toxins. Um, and that is everything from, as she mentioned, from, you know, the chemicals, literal chemicals, literal toxins in the environment that we breathe in, drink in, uh, you know, as she talked about electromagnetic frequencies and this very unnatural, whether 5G is killing us or not, the reality is, is that we have changed our environment when it comes to the amount of electromagnetic frequency that the body is exposed to way more than we ever have. I mean, in the last 20 years, it's just, I mean, we have Wi-Fi in our houses, our, we're constantly carrying cell phones around. I mean, it's... Which all emit radiation. Right, all emit radiation. Yeah. And so, again, and I think, you know, as we go through this stuff, you know, we're going to talk about these things but the reality is is that definitely is a new thing that we have to adapt to um we're talking about things like sleep patterns how how different our environment is when it comes to how we sleep and that has to do with you know some of the the ability that we have now to change the light in our environment at a at a whim Mm -hmm. where before you know we talk about ancestrally where our genes have come from uh and what we're built for you know our circadian rhythms follow the rise and fall of the sun, light and dark that way. And we've just been able to manipulate our environment by creating light 24-7. And that does have consequences into our quality of sleep and to how we sleep. So we're going to talk about stuff like that. We're going to talk about mental stress. And we're going to talk about societal, uh, you know, maybe um, things like social media and the, and the stress there. 
um, movement, um, temperature even. So this is something that we're big into as well. Fasting. So not only what you eat, but when you eat, right? So that's important. Uh, things like temperature, like we, we can, it's really easy for us to, um, we were driving through downtown the other day and it, it's just amazing how, I mean, you could literally hop from building to building without ever stepping outside down there through the skyways and everything like that. And it's just interesting how, uh, you get in our car, I've got heated seats in my car and you can turn the heat on, then you can come into your house and it's a, you know, 72 degrees and, and we're, we really make it easy for our body to maintain doesn't have to work very hard to maintain yeah. temperature where genetically we are built for massive alterations in temperature and we have defense mechanisms against that. And there's some, a very good argument that when you actually uh, utilize the strategies your body has to deal with adversity, stresses, different forms of stress, um, it doesn't just allow you to adapt. It actually strengthens the organism and makes our makes us stronger, more efficient, more effective uh, groups of cells, living living creatures. And so that is a salutogenic approach of not only looking at okay, how do we make sure that our body is as healthy as possible, that we're getting all the nutrients and everything, but also um, that our environment is uh, in check. And so there's it's really interesting because. Um, we're actually not against stress. And I think there's some, there's some, as I just mentioned, there's some very good uh, research out there and some, and concepts that go, if you actually stress your body and push your body past its ability to comfort, I mean, for instance, if, if we want to build muscle, right, the whole concept of actually becoming muscly is pushing the muscles past their comfort point tearing muscles literally yeah. so that they rebuild stronger the next time. I mean, so to, in order to get better, we do have to stress the body out. The problem is I think there's two, two issues here. Number one is that in today's world, we're stressing our body with things that we don't have a genetic defense against, right? So we talk about 5g and EMF and constant nutrition. Like the body is, when we get to talk about fasting, the body is built. It has tools to deal with starvation. We do not have genetic tools to deal with constant overeating. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, there are things that we just don't genetically have a defense against. And so that's what we have to look at. We have to understand what are, what are the stresses that are totally unnatural? Uh, what are the stresses that are not? So what are the, what are the stresses that are totally unnatural that we need to avoid mm -hmm. or minimize? What are the stresses that we are built for and how do we lean into that? So we actually maximize our genetic capability. We actually become stronger. We actually become better and more fit for the environment that we're living in. And then three is either one of those recovery is important in that as well. So too much stress, whether it's whether we have genetic defense or not against it without apt ability to or apt time to recover, that will cause breakdown and weakness in the body. It's just it goes back to the working out thing. If you constantly if you worked out your biceps every day you tear muscles, but you're never giving them a chance to rebuild. And so... You need rest days. Rest days. Yep, exactly. Um, so that is where we're going. We, we uh, I think Dr. Katie kind of hit it on the head that, that our goal with this is <clears throat> obviously to provide some... Every time we do the podcast, we're going to have a little concept that we talk about, that we teach our patients in our office, that we have either studied and support and or utilized currently and or at least learning about um, 
and are as we're constantly always trying to learn and progress and and become better ourselves and experiment on ourselves with different things uh, we want to go through that and then like i said also you know we have patients that give us ask us questions about current events and you know obviously COVID's a hot topic right now we may talk about that in a second but maybe just to kind of give our take on some different things and you can you know the nice thing about our takes is you can listen to them and you can throw them away it doesn't really matter to us yeah. uh, but hopefully they you know do provide some insight and maybe a different way of looking at things than what we typically hear uh, out there so can I just say something because I don't know I mean I don't know who would be listening to this guy this podcast whether it's our patients my mother <laughs> um but for those that don't know us and being chiropractors why the heck would people listen to us like what makes us an authority in this to- type of topic which i uh don't you shouldn't trust are. us That <laughs> 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 would be the first thing i would say uh i mean I do think that that I, I think the chiropractic background that we operate from does give us an advantage in the sense of it's a different way of looking at. So again, we go back to blood pressure. A patient with a person with high blood pressure going into a medical doctor versus coming into our office, we're going to see very two different things. The, the medical doctor is not really going to dig into uh, the reasons why they may, we may have some cursory, like, oh, you should probably drink more water and eat less salt and, you know, try and lose some weight. But there's really not a lot of effort or effect put into actually getting to the root cause of that. And where we would look at it, I would say, and because we understand that the body is intelligent and has genetic tools to deal with stress, that the first thing that we are going to assume when it comes to a patient like that is that the body is doing something correctly and what is it telling us about maybe the state of environment that they're living in and again I, I just think that you know not to say that if someone came comes in with a blood pressure of 300 over 200 that you know they shouldn't deal with that maybe even through medication in an acute situation but it doesn't matter the point is is that you have to deal with the there's reasons why the body is malfunctioning unless you deal with the reasons why the body is malfunctioning um, you know we're just going to end up with more of what we've got and i don't know too many people that honestly look at our healthcare system these days we're winning some battles but we have more like there are more people with chronic disease in america today than any other time in our history um we're we living can longer see that with the life expect expectancy of our children's generation starting to tip yeah yeah and that's that's a concern and so uh again we don't want to I, I don't think like you know it's really easy to criticize the other people's way of doing things and so we don't want to do that but we are going to criticize where we feel criticism is due but really it's also will be here's a different approach and here's maybe things that we need to do I, we want to start looking at you know actual lifestyle strategies that actually push us in towards health uh, so and the reality is is that there's i mean I, a lot of the concepts we talk about are nothing you and i came up with no. you know i think we do have a i always tell my patients i'm not that smart but i do have an, a good ability to filter through um information that just doesn't logically make sense when it comes to how the body is built um so i do think that's going to be useful uh, as we go through this but you know um it, the proof will be in the pudding. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's as simple as it is. We've just seen that personally. We've seen it over 15 years that when you actually begin to 
to deal with promote strategies that are salutogenic health building in nature that i mean i look at our four kids so four kids you know zero antibiotics you know zero not one no stress throat put in their body they just they've not they, no ear infections we just don't have to deal with those things no skin uh, issues no skin, no. i mean we could go on and on yeah they're they're uh you know obviously little jacks once in a while but be, yeah yeah they're kids so so that's a that's some social proof there um as well so so we're looking forward to this i think we think this will be a fun thing for us to be able to discuss. I, I think half the time, the reason we even started doing this is we would sit around when we, when actually Kate and I could have a conversation without kids interrupting us. And the conversations that we have are just interesting. They're just good conversations about different things that we've read and different concepts that we're, you know, dealing with and how to implement different things. And we thought what a better way, plus the conversations we have, you know, in our office, uh, to be able to help lead people in this way. So we're looking forward to it. And uh, we are going to flip it a little bit. Did you have anything else to add to that? No. Nope. So I do want to talk a little bit about, um, as we, as we, as the structure of this podcast, which I don't want to get too nailed into a certain structure, but it is going to be talking about maybe some of the different things that are in the news about health recently, just to keep people, you know, abreast of what's going on. Uh, and two, obviously I have something to teach people about, a you know, a different salutogenic concept every single day. But um, today is, what is it? January 6th today, uh, Monday, um, January, what was that? Third? Yeah, it was January 3rd, yeah. 2022. There was over 1 million positive uh, COVID cases in one day, in one day, which more than doubled, I believe, the next highest day, which was only a couple days prior. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to talk about this a little bit because um, I, I'm not so shocked at the numbers, that the numbers are that high. What, what I think is, uh, the reason this caught my eye is the incompetency, uh, I shouldn't even say that. It's not even incompetence. It's the audacity of our federal government I don't care what side of the aisle you're on uh, from both the elected officials who should shut up about this mm -hmm. uh, I literally heard quotes this morning from Biden uh, from I mean Trump said this when he was pushing the I mean he's in charge of the vaccine too and he was pushing this uh, and, our, and then our non-elected leaders like Fauci the so-called infectious disease expert uh, talking about how once you get this vaccine you will not you will not get COVID uh, I don't know if anyone who we're not going to get into pro vaccine or no vaccine or whatever today uh, we can talk about different things down the road but the reality is is that I don't care what side of the aisle you on you are on or what you think about the vaccine per se the reality is is that what we have been told when it comes to, and the reason I care about this is because it's health-based and the American public have been lied to for two years about, and not even lied to, it's, it's, I don't mind that these guys were wrong about nearly everything since this pandemic started. Sometimes it can be really tricky and that's why, like, it doesn't surprise me that this vaccine has failed to stop infections and it's failed to stop spread. Um, the problem is, is that these guys have, and gals, 
from the very beginning of this, and Biden, I heard the quotes, and Fauci, heard the quotes this morning myself, that once you get this vaccine, you will not get COVID. Uh, It is insane to me that we still trust these people at the top, um, sadly, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to... Uh, to do to to believe, I just don't trust them. I don't. I don't think they know what they're talking about. They've been wrong about virtually everything from this whole thing since the time that this started, and I don't even care about them being wrong. What I care about is that there's been no Biden. Literally yesterday, still said this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated, and anyone with two eyes looking around. I just got a text from my parents the other day. Uh, and it was a two COVID tests, one positive and one negative. The n- negative was my unvaccinated mother, and the positive is my vaccinated father. This is not a pandemic of the unvaccinated. The vaccines have failed to do what they promised people they said they would do. And this is not to tell you not to get the vaccine. This is not the purpose of this. The purpose is is that when we have people that a- actually don't know what they're doing very much we we just really need to take a step back and this is not uh, this is a call for people who are listening to this to start taking more control of your own health and stop listening to other people us included yes right like you shouldn't just go well dr jeff dr katie they do this and we they said to do it this way so we're going to do it this way that's stupid too uh the reality is is that you know health is tricky health is a very tricky thing uh, we're going to try and break it down to make it simpler. Uh, the reality is is that we need to become much more educated on health. It should be a priority in all of our lives. Right? We all should be educated and stop going, well, the government will tell me when it's healthy or when it's not healthy. Uh, I've lost all faith. I've lost all faith in, in our leaders to A, know what health is, two, to be able to effectively lead people, and I just think it's a fault of human nature that, you know, it's really tough to stand up there and say, as it turns out, we don't know what we're doing, right? We're going to, it's just, that's against human nature. I made the conscious effort or decision to, over the last two months, to literally not have the news on, even in the background. I do not turn on the news. And guess what happened to my stress and anxiety levels? You're married to me, so they're obviously way down. Yeah, they're quite decreased. Quite decreased. Yeah, the reality is is, is that doesn't mean we need to bury our heads in a sound, bury our heads in the sand. It doesn't mean we need to not listen to a word these guys say. It's not. I guess it's not my point. My point is is uh, our point is um, you're in charge of your health. That if you're not in charge of your health, whether it's COVID trying to kill you or a treatment trying to kill you <laughs> uh you're easy to kill and we want to be hard to kill we want we want to be uh strong uh healthy independent thinking that's what this country was built on number one is is strong independent thinkers uh and uh this just ties into i think to the rest of the we're not going to get into too much of this but this is the way that society is right now with you know lack of free speech and censorship on other ideas and different things like that. It's a sad place to be, but it's up to us to make a change. Absolutely. So I think that's going to do it for our first, uh, our first podcast. Uh, we already probably touched some, push some buttons. Uh, if, if, uh, if we pushed your buttons, 
uh, with maybe that last little bit of talk, this probably won't be the podcast for you. So you can uh, skip it from it's now on. <laughs> going to get even yeah. worse for you. Yeah, you're. Not only will you not be hard to kill, but you have very soft skin, sensitive skin. If that's the case. <laughs> okay, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, feedback is always appreciated. And uh, we look forward to talking to you very soon. Take care. Have a good one.